Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of Bucketheads, the Buckeyes bat 500 on big recruits. Ohio State had their yearly media day, and St. John's head coach Mike Anderson single-handedly scared away his whole team last season. Uh, my name is Connor Lamans, and I'm here with the always insightful Justin Golba for the ninth episode of our little college basketball fever dream, Bucketheads. We are Land Grant Holy Land's only college basketball center podcast and one of the few basketball-focused podcasts in the SB Nation family of sites. Justin, I don't know if it's because um, the sun is setting earlier or because Ohio State football fans are just constantly in a, in a fit of rage, but the last few weeks have, have really drug on for me, it feels like. How, how are you holding up right now? Yeah, I've been glad over the past couple of weeks that we do a lot of basketball stuff for the, for Ohio State because football stuff has been uh, really grinding people's gears recently. I feel like, but it's been a, it was a good weekend. The Browns won, Steelers lost, Ohio State won, and I got to watch probably the greatest U.S. Ryder Cup team of all time. So that was good. I scored the ninth most points in my fantasy football league, but I was playing the guy that scored the tenth most points in my fantasy football league. So my team, the Tulsa Golden Shower, is uh, is now two and one. Um, that was about the only positive thing that came out of football last week, and it seems like with all the crap. And it's crazy. you can They beat Akron by a billion points, and people are still salty and upset. But that's a – Ohio State fans are we're, – we're a privileged bunch. We're spoiled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Ohio State's 3-1, and one, and their only loss came to a, the number four team in the country by seven points, and we want to blow it all up. So it kind of – it's a little – I know there's more context, but it's a little strange. But if you want more football – We've got plenty of other podcasts for that. We're going to talk hoops today. First and foremost, really the only thing I want to talk about today is uh, Ohio State's very exciting up and down hit or miss recruiting week. Um, The Buckeyes have been in on Dylan Mitchell, who is a five-star small forward, um, number 27 player in the country. I believe they've been on him like Rice for a long time. We kind of assumed that that Holtman and his, his squad there would be included in his top three that came out on Monday. Um, like we really just kind of took it as a given. They were not Florida state, Texas and Tennessee, which Tennessee kind of seemed like a pretty obvious one for a while, but Florida state, Texas, Tennessee make the cut. Um, Justin, your thoughts on that development. Yeah. Tennessee was the favorite. No surprise there. And I knew Florida state was, was in the mix. Texas was the one that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, but as, as you've mentioned before, Connor, you know, the Columbus dispatches Adam Jardy, who was way more in the loop than we are. Um, you know, I mean, this is a job. This isn't our full-time job. So he's way more in the loop than, than we are. 
he seemed like it wasn't a surprise that the Buckeyes were out on Mitchell. Um, so maybe, you know, I was we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We were wondering where all the smoke was regarding Mitchell. I guess it makes sense now that there wasn't any because there wasn't any. Um, and he's like, just, do you think he's that just like, not there. We're putting the cart above the horse here, but um, the Sensabaugh, you know, Bryce Sensabaugh being also involved, do you think, I don't think that it should have any, I don't think that it should correlate at all, but do you think maybe like the smoke with Sensabaugh to Ohio State, maybe that scared him away? Like there's going to be another wing that maybe is going there or like, the way I see, I think they could have fit both. I mean, they're going to need depth at that position. Do you think that maybe that impacted him at all, or he just genuinely was just like, no, that's just not, that's just not the move for me. Yeah, you know, it, it's hard to really know. I don't think it would have impacted him at all, just because he's a higher ranked guy than sends yeah, the ball. He would, have, the he, would have started, he would have started over him or next to him. Yeah, the way competitor, just the competitive mindset isn't, oh, this guy's coming in, let me leave. It's, oh, I'm just going to try to compete for with him. Um, so I don't think it really affected him at all. It might have been why Ohio State seemed to kind of gear up their pursuit of sense of ball pretty much pretty pretty aggressively over the past couple of weeks because they knew they had a better chance or a chance at all because obviously they didn't with Mitchell. Um, to me, this also says the overtime elite stuff wasn't true just because I think he he would have taken it or mm. at least it would have been in his top four. You know, a lot of guys, they'll give a top four or five and they'll say, like, for example, uh, Chris Livingston just recently, he gave four schools, and then his fifth option was the G League. I think he would have put out top four instead of top three, instead of Florida State, Texas, Tennessee, and overtime elite. Um, so I don't think so. I think that means the rumors probably weren't true about that. But you know, again, like we said, it, for the past month, it's been at least to our ears, it's been pretty quiet considering with um, in regards to Dylan Mitchell. So I guess we that's probably why Adam Jardy knew he wasn't there because you know it was. It was quiet and normally where there's no smoke, there's no fire. So, yeah, I was really getting excited for that one. You know, like you said, you know, this isn't big, big shocker. I'm sure to everybody, you know, this isn't our full time gig. You know, we both have full time jobs we do during the day, which shameless plug for the site. You know, I'm really proud of the squad that we have, the staff that we have that, you know, we, we have a lot of stuff that's prepped ahead of time, stuff that's ready ahead of time for different potential outcomes for a bunch of part timers. You know, we try to stay on top of everything pretty you know we try to keep up with everything as well as anybody else that has full-timers um we're not we're not in the loop as much as like jardy is you know that's his full-time job the folks over at 11 warriors they have people that are full-time there so we are not in the loop quite like they are but it made sense position wise it made sense the ford position is going to be depleted after next year you know i'm pretty sure that sensible is probably gonna we'll, we'll get to him in a second but um any recruit that commits to Ohio State for that 2022 class at forward, it's probably going to start next year. I'm two years from now, I guess, technically. Um, so I really I really thought that I was envisioning him in an Ohio State uniform, and I was like, mm. putting him next to like, putting him next to Thornton, putting next to like a junior Michi Johnson. I was like, man, that that could work. That's going to look really good. And I thought that I, we kind of just took it as a given. I thought he was, he was going to consider them for sure. Yeah, and I think also Maybe we've been a little bit, um, I don't know the best way to word this, a little bit over exuberant in our thought of what Ohio State basketball recruiting is, possibly because of the great recruits they've gotten over the past couple of years. Uh, but when you look at a Florida State, Texas, and Tennessee, those are schools that tend to get, maybe not Tennessee, but Florida State and Texas tend to get some big time names, especially recently. We look at Texas, who they've brought in over the past couple of years, and Florida State. Um, so, 
And they're also three extremely well-coached teams. Obviously, so is Ohio State. You know, we are obviously extremely pro Chris Holman on this pod. But, um, you know, I think that... Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Chris Holman, yes. Um, You know, always like to say that um, for two part-timers, you know. Shameless plug. Um, But, you know, you're going to hit and you're going to miss. Obviously, it's, it's nice to have a guy like Mitchell. When you have a guy like Mitchell list a top three and he doesn't list Ohio State, the next day you get a you get a commitment. It's obviously a nice nice little bonus there. Yeah, you wanna uh I kinda I kinda I kinda jumped in it too quick. You wanna uh talk a little bit about Ohio State's we'll put we'll put air quotes there uh, their consolation prize the very the very next day, less than twenty four hours later. Yeah, literally less than twenty four hours later, four star small forward, Bryce Sensball, who has absolutely been flying of the recruiting boards. I have to point that out. The first article I read about him, he was in the 200s. Now he's ranked 75th in the country. Um, at a Lake Highland prep in Orlando, Florida, he is, by all accounts, a fantastic recruit and a fantastic kid. I mean, I know we've mentioned so many other different outlets on this podcast already. We'll keep doing it. Um, he's, got his, already, he's, got his, yeah. he's got his GPA in his Twitter bio. Yeah, you, know, you, know, you uh, know he's smart, dude. He has if, that. I feel like I feel like he is gonna be like a Z, he like a fan favorite. You know, you got dudes that are you got dudes on Twitter, these these high schoolers that are like, you know, five star, number one, you know, they put like the five and like the star emoji. Sense of ball is just like Lake Highland four point zero two GPA. I'm like, all right, my man, plain school. Yeah, that's that's what you like to see. And also, like I said, you know, we've been we've been um plugging everybody else on this podcast already, so I'll keep doing it. But Adam Jardy wrote a great piece about kind of the person the sense of ball is coming from his high school coach and um he played summer ball with bruce thornton so that's all that's already a chemistry that you have coming into college which is huge not something you see too often um so by all accounts he he's kind of a weird mix of a player he's a big kid um for his for for how young he is and i, th- I think he's gonna be a, by all accounts he's gonna be a great player so it was a great get, great get um guys like jeff borzello from ESPN said it was it was his favorite recruit of, of, that he covered this year. So he's definitely got a personality to him, which is which is fun. I think he's gonna be a fan favorite. I think that having that a B good. name, I think that like he's gonna have, you're gonna have a lot of really good nicknames. I think that Big Bryce is gonna be a good like that'll be like the low hanging fruit there. But like you know you had like Glenn Big Baby Davis. You got you got Big Baby Bryce here. I mean, dude's already dude's seventeen. And he's like two forty five. I mean, this guy is an absolute tank and. You know, once he gets to school, they're going to start working out. They are going to, uh, you know, he's my guess is he'll probably lose a little weight because when he starts working out with the team, um, at least initially, he'll probably shed a little bit of like fat and pick up some muscle. He'll probably lose a little bit of weight when he's like, you know, getting a little bit thinner, but he's 17 and he's like 6'6", 240. So they're seeing him as potentially like an EJ Liddell type player that, you know, he takes his high school coach that he takes about six shots from uh, from three point range per game right now. Um, I don't remember the percentage, but if he's taking that many shots from outside, clearly he's making enough that they give him the green light. So he's a big dude, a big body shooting from outside. The one thing they didn't have in that recruiting class so far was a forward. They had a couple guards. They have a true center, Felix Akpara, but he's like a you know, he's like a tall, slim center, not like a big beefy center. Um, they needed a wing, they needed a forward, and and uh, they got one. So I think he'll be super fun, kind of an EJ Liddell mold of a player. Um, and he probably will start in two seasons if they don't get some forwards to replace all those guys they're going to lose. 
Yeah, and you kind of just touched on it, but it's kind of nice when you have this these five guys now in this recruiting class. They kind of hit every little aspect of what you need. Bruce Thornton is kind of like a I compare him to D'Angelo Russell. I know that's a high bar to clear, but that's kind of what he is. Roddy Gale's kind of more uh, recently a Gene Brown kind of a two way player. Bowen Hardman's a guy that can just strap it from three and also play good defense. Felix Akpar, if you remember who Trevor Thompson was. Kind of like that, kind of a Trevor Thompson type, um, slim but tall and good rebounder, and um, you know it, it's and then you have uh, Bruce Bryce Sensabaugh. Sorry, the, the Bruce and the Bryce is starting to throw me off. I'm not that smart. Um, you can't do that to me. Um, Bryce Sensabaugh, who's kind of like you said, EJ Liddell, maybe a taller Jay Sean Tate kind of thing. Um, so it should be interesting to see what what he can do. Yeah, you've got Bruce, Bryce, and Bowen. You've got the killer bees in the recruiting class. And then you have Felix and you have Roddy Gale. So that is the number two recruiting recruiting class in the country now. They were five. They hopped up to two when they added Sensabaugh. Um, before you try to throw any crap at us, we know you know, recruiting isn't based on the average stars or average rating. It's like total points. So hypothetically like a school that recruits only has two scholarship players and they get like hypothetically like the number one and the number two player in the class versus another school that maybe has six recruits and they're all four stars. The school that has six, four stars is going to go above the school with the two, five stars, even if the two quality players are like better. So we know it's value maybe over quality, but Holtman has pulled in, five well, I would say four very good players that will all start at some point and then Bowen Hardman will be um will be it'll be interesting because not to give him a you know like a not to stereotype or paint him into a corner but he does kind of give like the Justin Arns vibe like what all can you contribute on offense yeah he's a white dude I mean that's what we're gonna do here um you know when I, we I, look at, I when we look, say it when we look at a white dude who's a recruit we assume he can shoot and but also if you've watched Bowen Hardman play he can shoot um, and so probably, I, you know, a lot of people, I've seen Austin Gray and staff comparison, if you remember who he was, he was there for all about eight games, but um, just because he's about the same size. Yeah, he's but, a rapper um, now. Yes, Austin Gray and staff, check him out on Spotify. Um, I don't know what his rap name is. It's probably Austin, to be honest. So anyway, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I got, it's, it's good that you mentioned that about the recruiting class and the rankings because... Um, it is, it is a big part of Ohio State being the number two t- class in the country is the fact they have five players, but also they have five commits, which is five different players, five different skill sets, and five very good players coming in. These aren't one or two stars. These are all, even Bowen Hardman, who people consider to be kind of the, the, the fifth of the five, is a high three-star recruit. You know, these guys are all very, very good players. So it's, it's, it's kind of nice to see. It's, it's, they do have five players, and that does help them in the recruiting standpoint. You know, Kentucky only has three, and they're all three five stars, obviously, and that's why they're number one. Um, I think actually Duke's number one now, but Duke and Kentucky have been back and forth on that a couple of times. But, um, you know, it, it it doesn't hurt them that they have five guys coming in. It can only help them. I know. I was just saying that just because both other teams' fans plus probably like the pessimistic Ohio State fans, that's going to be their first response. After, of course, the natural – Okay, they're gonna transfer out after one year. Those are those the people that we just kind of mute and block. But um, the second pessimistic comment is always, well, you know, they don't have any five stars. It's you know, it's all volume. They have all these you know three and four stars. Of course, you're gonna be in the top of the rankings if you get 
10 recruits, you know, okay. But you look at the individual rankings, um, one school, Ohio State, they have four of the top 100 players in the class. So simple math based on how many Division One schools there are tells you that you really shouldn't expect a program to have four of to have four percent of the top 100 players. No, there's two schools that the recruit at the highest level, and it's Kentucky and Duke. There's no other. Gonzaga's getting close to that, but that's it's Kentucky and Duke are on a completely different level. So the fact that the top three right now is Kentucky, Duke, and Ohio State in whatever order you want to put them. Yeah, and, um, then, and then North Carolina. The yeah, and then North Carolina. And then who, Virginia that won a national championship two years ago. And Tony Bennett is is incredible at recruiting that he can even bring guys into his system that want to play for him. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. And then you just have Ohio State smack in the middle. So, um, Safe to so say that's not the, bad. The, pro, the program is in good hands. The, the, yeah. the kids are all right. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting for sure. That, they have a good class. Sense of ball was fun. That one... He had like seven or eight like crystal balls and like rival prediction things like the day before. So that one seemed pretty obvious once it got there. Um, I believe he did an interview with Sports Illustrated beforehand and then um, published it online. So you go on Twitter and search. You probably just search like Bryce Sensabaugh, like Sports Illustrated. But he did a whole little like uh, like a Players Tribune type thing where he said, you know, um, my family's from cincinnati and columbus i have family in columbus i grew up an ohio state fan i've always watched them for football um he mentioned that he wanted to go somewhere where he could basically get better and grow on the court like trial by fire he said that you know holtman told him like i'm gonna improve by playing so right from the get-go i'm gonna be on the court i'm gonna be grinding and getting better against top competition i'm not gonna be sitting the bench a ton as a freshman. I wanted to go somewhere where I would play. Um, and he said that he really hit it off with the guys too, the, 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 the players, which is something else that I've noticed. Um, saying that there's a family atmosphere is kind of cringy. And um, it's the thing that all the coaches want to say, like the culture, the family culture, this, that, and the other, but these dudes genuinely love each other. If you follow any of them on Instagram or on Twitter, like these guys are like genuinely like good, good friends. And, you know, part of the reason that like a Kyle Young comes back to play is like, you know, I didn't want to end my career that way with my brothers that way. These dudes genuinely care about each other and fostering that type of uh, environment in a locker room is going to mean a lot to a high school kid that is probably scared like hell visiting a college and visiting all these grown men to feel like, oh, I'm just just one of the guys. Yeah, and you can, like I said, Chris Holtman's done a phenomenal job on the court, but I think he's done an even better job off the court in terms of just what this team is to each other. Like you said, Kyle Young coming back, uh, you know, that's that's a family to him. You know, that's why he came back. That's why he wants to be there. It's why guys like uh, Justin Arns hasn't transferred because Arns probably could play a little more, maybe on a, a Mac team or something. He'd be the star of like a Toledo or something. But he wants to be at Ohio State, you know, because he loves those guys. And granted, he plays a lot, so it's not like it's a, he's, he's not bench warming, of course. But, um, you know, he could be a star. He could be a star in another team. But And there's a couple guys like that, but they stay here because, you know, like you said, if you if you follow these guys on – I know Zed Key just recently put up something about he had a car accident and he made one phone call and the entire team came. You know, and it's something – I don't know if, you, if you've ever been in a car accident. It is terrifying. 
Um, I've never been to one, but I've heard bad things. No, I so, haven't either. Just a couple of perfect drivers doing a podcast. Yeah, you know, just I mean, we're being very egotistical today, so let's keep that going. Check check out um, our check out our our driving podcast that we're going to be releasing here pretty soon too. Yes, every Friday, driving with Connor and Justin. Um, we'll think of something better, but um, you know, it's it, it it is a it is a testament to what you can do as a coach when you have, you know, we talked about it with we talked about it with Chris Holman, another slight plug. Uh, talking about you know when they do the Ohio State Pro Day and bringing back all those guys and you know being able to bring back a guy like D'Angelo Russell who after they let that motto go said he probably never stepped foot on the campus again, you know it, it, those kinds of things do matter. And then you get to have a yeah. guy like Michi Johnson spend a week with D'Angelo Russell, you know who is a, 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 top, a top ten, top fifteen NBA point guard. So right. you know it, all these things do matter, and it's why you get to bring in the Bruce Thorns, the Roddy Gales you know, the Felix Akpars, all these guys, because they know exactly what they're getting into. Yeah. And I just think that I think saying like, Oh, it's a family atmosphere. Like, you know, they're really all our brothers. Like it's, it's corny. It's corny when you're on the outside looking and like, yeah, of course, that's what every coach wants to say. Like, Oh, we're a family. We're brothers. Um, I mean, I said it early, like from the vibes you get from Chris Holtman as a person, like he genuinely treats these boys like they're his sons. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a son. He just has a daughter, but like he's got a, a basketball hoop at his house for the, the guys to come play. He's got a basketball hoop in the pool for the fellas to come, um, you know, hang out in the pool in the summer. Um, Justin, I don't know if you were you were with Land Grant Holy Land for a while, then you were gone, then you're back. When Kyle Young was a freshman, if you don't, I don't know how much you know about Kyle Young's family and his background. His dad passed away when he was a freshman and he wanted to move back home. Like as a freshman, he's like, I'm going to stop playing basketball. I'm going to move back home because I need to be with my mom. I need to be with my sister because my, my dad passed away and I need to be there for them. And basically his mom's like, you're not going anywhere. And then Holtman had lunch like that was he, he and Kyle Young would go to like B-dubs on some specific day of the week. If you've been to Ohio State's campus, there's a B-dubs in High and Lane. They would go to B-dubs like once a week, you know, they, you know, they would go to B-dubs and he would check in with Kyle. How are you doing, Kyle? Like from the outside saying it's a family is like kind of corny. But once you understand Holtman a little better, the kind of person he is, the way that he treats people, you're like, okay, it makes sense that a recruit that's 16, 17 would go and meet with Holtman and, you know, probably has him over for dinner at his house with his family and with some of the players. And like these dudes genuinely are like, this is my home away from home. Yeah. It's a buzzword, but it doesn't mean it's not true, you know? Um, And I think you see that with a lot of teams. And I think, I, it, it's, I don't know if there's no evidence to support this, but it, maybe it's just because we cover it more. It just feels like the Big Ten has more of these situations. Um, but, you know, they're everywhere. Um, you know, I was around the Kent State team a lot when I worked for Kent State, and they're like that. You know, it's just it how, it's how it is. It's A lot of teams are very, very close. And, you know, and recruits see that. And when they see, you know, these players that welcome them in with open arms and stuff like that, you know, it, it obviously makes a difference because college is intimidating, obviously. And clearly, you know, we talk to, you know, we talk to people in and around the program and other fans and stuff. So I'm sure there are lots of other programs that are similar. I'm sure like your Indiana's and Michigan's and Illinois and stuff like that. It's very similar. This is just the information that we have. I can't talk about recruiting for anybody else, but when a player says it felt like family, the guys felt real close and it's family. Oh, that's because they work hard 
in the times that are off the court to make those guys feel comfortable like it is a family, which is really cool, which kind of segues into a, into something else. Um, a program that is not a family at all, not even close. Um, apparently, um, I saw this on, on Fox Sports and it has nothing to do with Ohio State, but I think that we should talk about it because it's really funny. St. John's head coach Mike Anderson was the Big East coach of the year last year. The Red Storm went 16-11 and 11. for all intents and purposes. That's a very good turnaround for kind of a sleeping giant of a program that used to be very good and has been kind of crappy lately. There was basically a mutiny on his hands of his own players last year. Um, they did not want to play for him. They were invited to the NIT. And I'll just read this. It's an article from the New York Daily News. It's also on Fox Sports. Um, they pulled out of the NIT because allegedly of COVID protocols, the school said. Um, but it turns out the players were just not going to play for him anymore. Um, it says former assistant coach Steve DeMeo, who was fired in June, detailed the, cha- the chaotic end to last season in a wrongful termination and discrimination lawsuit filed Thursday. Anderson, according to the suit, decided to banish forward Isaiah Moore from the team following an in-game argument. So Anderson was going to banish a player from the program when Anderson announced Moore's dismissal during halftime of their regular season finale, the rest of the team said they would rather boycott the second half than have him leave. So Anderson gives in, and then a couple days later, he does it again, kicks the guy off the team, and the players said that they would not play in the NIT. So the school said that they had COVID protocols they had to follow, and they couldn't play. Once the season ended, they lost six players to the transfer portal. So the team literally ganged up and said, if you do this, we will not play the NIT. And so they didn't. And then six players left and he's still the coach. Like when I was reading this article, I was like, okay, they obviously they fired him. They gave him like a six year extension. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue families fight, but um, yeah, it's tough to, that's just a situation of, you know, I think a coach overestimating the power he has over his team, uh, thinking you could just dismiss somebody and then move move about the day because they said, obviously, you can't, obviously, that's not a situation they're going to allow to happen. You know, we don't know the ins and outs of it. You don't know exactly what happened between Moore and Moore and, uh, and in St. John's and, and whatever the, the situation may have been. But obviously, if the entire team takes a stance against you, it's kind of like when you're in elementary or middle school and everybody fails a test, you kind of look at the teacher like, maybe this is on you. You know what I mean? If everybody, nobody did well, maybe you screwed up. It's kind of like when a coach, had, with the entire team goes against you, maybe you made the mistake. So um, maybe he'll learn from it. Maybe he won't. Who knows? It is yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't pay any attention to St. John's this year. And nope. obviously, I didn't pay any attention because this happened last season. But with the lawsuit coming from the assistant coach to – uh, Anderson, it was just in the news like in the last couple days about that, you know, basically the school allegedly, dot our eyes and cross our T's, we need lawsuits here, allegedly said that there was COVID protocols, um, but really it's because none of the players were going to play in the NIT for him. So that's crazy. That's just, that's crazy to me. And it's even crazier for us because how we're just talking about the stark difference with Ohio State. Like, I, could not see this kind of thing happening with Holtman ever. Like the dudes just love, they just love him so much. This is just wild that uh, all these guys banded together and we're like, we are not playing in the NIT. Make something up. We're not doing it. 
but St. John's did keep their best two players. Um, Julian Champagne, Champagne, who we think his brother plays for Pitt, and Posh Alexander. So St. John's still could be okay, but they lost like six or eight players off that roster. Yeah, I mean, it's um, they kind of got lucky with Champagne because a lot of people thought he was going to the draft. But um, it's just kind of the situation of uh, – actually, that might have been Justin. I did that back. I don't know if Julian was – maybe it was a draft prospect. I don't remember. Who cares? His same the, one, the, one but, at uh, Pitt, the one at Pitt was yeah, a draft Justin's, prospect, Justin's but the one good. at St. John's is still – he's still a bucket too. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's, it's just a situation of, I guess, if, if – if you're St. John's, you have to learn from this. You have to move forward. It kind of brings up a lot of conspiracy theories of just like how many teams, football and basketball throughout COVID, just use COVID as, a, as an excuse to not play a game. Obviously, Ohio State fans love to say Michigan, you know, used it as an excuse not to play Ohio State. I don't personally believe that. But, you know, it, it is funny that like, you they you know, if you would have said, hey, they're dropping out because of COVID protocols, nobody probably thought twice about that when really they were just having like a literal mutiny in the locker room. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, Kirk Herbstreit. I think made he made a comment suggesting that last fall, and it absolutely just just massively blew up in his face. Like Kirk Herbstreit just does not have like any friends anymore, as far as like sports go. Like Ohio State fans think that he's too pro like SEC and the other team when he does broadcasts. Clearly, everybody else thinks he's way too pro Ohio State. And then he makes a comment that like, oh yeah, Michigan, maybe they're just ducking them. And I mean, that just blew up in his face. So we never make that assumption. But I see what you're saying that like St. John's, if if what the lawsuit alleges is true, all they had to say was, we have COVID protocols that we need to follow with so we can't play in the NIT. And nobody's going to question it when really... No, all the players no had their question. all so the players had their say, arms folded and we're like we're not doing it. Yeah, especially if you say covid protocols cuz that could mean literally anything. Yeah, it could literally mean like everybody's healthy on our team. Have COVID. Yeah, you just yeah, saying, everybody's healthy on our team, but we just think that, that playing the NIT isn't worth the risk, so we have covid protocols to follow. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that could that could literally be it. So, uh, you know, that's that's just goofy. It's so funny. Um, give anything else? Anything else we got to talk about? No, uh, we're about uh, 41 days away from the start of college basketball. So let's get rolling. Oh, baby. We're going to have some preseason stuff that we're going to be releasing pretty soon here. I know you're doing a team-by-team breakdown. Um, yeah, I started my uh, a quick little uh, insult to myself. I started uh, my team preview series, and I hope the person that commented on it is listening to this. They're probably not. Um, I started it alphabetically, and I started with Indiana. And obviously, Illinois is before Indiana in the alphabet. So oh I don't God. even know my ABCs. Uh, but someone did point that out that um, I'm an idiot. So thank you for that. You're that's, not why wrong. that's why we're part-timers. Uh, yeah. I, I, I usually do every season. I do a um, just like an all-encompassing preview as well. I'll do like I'll do predicted standings um, for the whole conference, a little blurb on each team, not a whole article on each team, a little blurb on each team. Then I usually do like preseason first, second team, um, conference player of the year, all like the conference accolades, stuff like that. I've done that two years in a row, so I'll probably do that as well. Um, that's usually a pretty beefy piece. Maybe I can get you in there to collaborate on that for like the team accolades, stuff like that. But I really enjoy that because um, that's usually like the first time that I can actually get in and dig into what is going on with each, each team. Um, and we should also be putting podcast articles, uh, podcast episodes out a little more consistently too. Yeah, you know we have some great guests lined up, so just stick with us and uh, 
ride with us on this little. It should be a very fun Ohio State basketball season. So it should be should be a lot of fun. I said that twice. <laughs> That's all we got for you guys today. If you're finding us on the website or on Twitter, uh, do not forget to also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Land Grant Hoyland is rolling out a few new podcasts this year. Um, the Dotted Line podcast is specifically about recruiting. Chris Rennie is um, over here now. He has the Block Off podcast is a new one. Um, I think there's a second recruitment podcast, or that might be the same one, Dotted Line um, with Shane that Matt does with Shane. So a lot of different podcasts, a lot of football coverage right now. Um, so if you're into that kind of thing, um, we are. We just specialize in this over here. Um, make sure to check that out. New episodes at least five days a week for all of our podcasts. Um, we will do our next episode in two weeks. And after that, I think we're going to shift into weekly once we're in like mid-October. You can follow me on Twitter at Lamonds underscore Connor. You can follow Land Grant Holy Land at Land Grant 33 on Twitter um, or LandGrantHolyLand.com. Uh, Justin, where can the people send you um, writing writing lessons and you know the alphabet? Where can they send you those kind of messages? Yeah, I don't have a Twitter. I don't have an email. Please do not. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I'm at Justin underscore Golba. If you'd like to tell me how to tell me alphabets. He's like, I prefer faxes or uh, smoke signals. Please leave me alone on the internet. Yeah, just find me in the street. That's all I'm going to say. You can also follow our new Bucketheads account, which is at BucketheadsLGHL. It's been kind of dead lately, but there's not a whole lot to put out right now. I'm sure that as the season gets going, we'll have a whole lot more stuff to put on there. So you can proactively follow it now, and there'll be a lot of good stuff on there in the future, or jump on it in a few weeks when we get a little bit closer. Amen. Thanks for listening, y'all. You have a great rest of your week and weekend. And go Bucks. Beat Buckers.